Okay, well, this morning, I'm going to continue and, um, if time permitting, hopefully can conclude um, a word that I shared two weeks ago um, entitled Hunger and Thirst for God and His Kingdom. Very quickly, for those, for the benefit of those who were not here when I shared, to want to recap just very quickly um, on some of the things that I shared, and I'm going to continue um, from where I left off. Now, to hunger and to thirst naturally, um, as we know, is a natural expression, and I shared this, and it demonstrates the basic human desire and need for food and for water. It's just a basic uh, expression in terms of our, uh, the way that we've been built as human beings. And one of the clear indicators that something is wrong when it comes to you as a physically is when you have lose appetite. Now, anybody that's not been well um, in whatever way, and I know with this whole COVID thing that's going around, some of the symptoms um, has been that your appetite goes, you just have no appetite to eat. And even if it wasn't COVID or whatever it was, if you don't have an appetite for a long period of time, it's a clear indication that there's something wrong. There's something that's missing from there. And it's the same spiritually. The way God has made each and every one of us is to have an appetite and a hunger for him because he created us with that in mind. Part of our purpose, part of our, our makeup is that we, as his children, should have a hunger and an appetite for the things of God. So if that's not there, spiritually speaking, there's something wrong. There's something that is missing. There's an issue there that would need to be addressed. And this is what we're talking about, about hungering and thirsting for the things of God. We looked at a few scriptures. We looked at, um, because of time, I won't go into, into too much detail. But we looked at Genesis chapter 1. We looked at the story in the Garden of Eden between Adam and Eve and the fact that God created them. Not just to look after the garden, to, to look after what he gave them permission to look after. But he gave them a hunger and a thirst for him. Everything that they did in the Garden of Eden was down to what God instructed them to do, but also because he gave them a desire and a hunger. But then because, as we know, Adam and Eve disobeyed an instruction that God gave to them and decided to do their own thing, the whole dynamic of that having a, a, a hunger for God changed. And in the end, what happened was that connection between God and man was broken. And as we know, Jesus had to come, die on the cross again for us and allow that relationship between us and God to be reconciled and we brought back together. So as a child of God, I've said before, where there's no hunger for the presence of God, it's an indicator that there's something wrong. We looked at the analogy of when a meal is prepared for someone. As you know, if, you, somebody, if, if a meal has been prepared for you and there's a hunger that you have, we looked at the analogy of when at times you have a hunger, but rather than uh, going and eating a proper meal, maybe you snack. You have little bits of things here and there. But then when it comes to you actually enjoying that meal because you've eaten and you've, you've snacked, you don't have a, a, a hunger uh, for the meal that's been prepared for you. And spiritually speaking, I was saying before that we do that at times. God has, has things in store for us to help us to grow in different areas. It could be an area of faith that God wants to give you a, a meal spiritually for you to grow in faith. But then what you do, rather than receiving that meal, you're snacking here and there spiritually on things. Rather than going to God 
and allowing God to fill you, allowing God to minister to you. And we looked at that aspect in terms of making sure that the hunger that God has given to us, to every single one of us, that we respond to it in a way that God wants us to respond. So that as God has things in store for us in terms of words, in terms of his, his, his scriptures, in terms of the Holy Spirit leading us in a certain area, that we allow ourselves to spend time to receive that which God has put in store for us. And I'll go into a bit more detail in that later on. Also, I mentioned that we need to have a change of mindset. Our mind needs to be renewed in line with Romans 12, chapter 1, that says, you know, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. When it comes to hungering and thirsting for God, your mind has to be transformed. You have to recognize the value of having a hunger and thirst for God because the reality is that every single one of us has a hunger and a thirst for something. And we are all responding to that hunger and that thirst in different ways. You may have a hunger and a thirst for, for money. So because of that, that hunger and that thirst is leading you in your decisions. It's leading you in what you do. It's leading you in how you behave. For somebody else, you may have a hunger and a thirst for uh, affirmation. You always want people to kind of uh, be on your side. You don't want to get on the wrong side of people. So at times where maybe, let's say, somebody does something wrong or does something, rather than you telling them that this is what they've done wrong, because you don't want to get on the wrong side, you just maintain peace. You don't say anything because you want to be affirmed. You don't want to be in a position whereby you tell somebody something and they don't take it in the right way, so you won't say anything. There's that side of things that some, some of us have. And see, this hunger and this thirst that I'm talking about is a hunger and a thirst that God wants us to have for everything in our life to do with him. In our decision-making, we have a hunger and thirst, and it's influenced by God. In the way we think, because of our hunger and our thirst for God, our thinking is, is, is controlled as led by the Holy Spirit. And you may think to yourself right now, I don't know what, you know, the way my mind is, you know, I really need assistance. I really need the Lord to help my mind. I really don't Lord to help my, my decision-making or my, my attitude or whatever it may be. Whatever deficiency that you may f realize that you may have in a particular area. But I want to tell you this, that as you purpose in your heart and your, in your spirit to hunger and thirst for the things of God and for his kingdom, any and everything in your life that may be deficient, the Lord will give you more and above for any of those particular things. That's what he would do. But it starts with you having and demonstrating a hunger and a first for the things of God. Amen? Amen. We've got a time. Let me continue from where I left off. So, yes, yeah, so touching on the fact that I said about different ones having a desire for different things. And I said that many of us, as we know, we all have a different desire for many different things. And if we are honest, for, for many of us as children of God, when it comes to the things of God and his kingdom, a lot of the time, those things are not a priority. For different reasons, but they're not a priority. And there's a, there is a culture that exists um, within our circles as, as children of God, where at times, we, as we live our lives, we take God in small 
doses. In other words, we, it's almost like we, we live our lives in a way where we, highlight, we, we think we, we remember God in a certain situation, but then we don't really remember him in other situations. So when we really need God in a particular situation, let's say something dramatic has happened, that's when we remember God and we start praying, Lord, help, help me step in, etc. But then whenever you think you're just on a plateau, things are okay, you know, maybe your, 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 your job is okay, things at home are okay, things in, in terms of your finances are okay, etc. Because everything is on a level, at times there isn't that urgency for you to kind of reach out to God and, you know, involve God or ask and say, Lord, give me your guidance, give me your help, etc. And that's what I mean by saying that we, we kind of, we involve God in our lives in doses, whereas God wants us to involve him in every aspect. And by doing so, when we do so, there's that hunger and there's that thirst for God that increases and develops in our lives. You know, can you imagine if that example that I gave about reaching out to God in doses, let's say people, we did it on a natural level. So for example, where at times we, we only, let's say, really reach out to God when things, desperate things come up. And we only really consult him when, when we really, we feel that we really need him to step in in the situation. Let's say just in your, in your household, that's what you did. When it came to, let's say, either your, you know, your parents, if you live with your parents, your spouse, you live with your spouse, your siblings, etc. So you only spoke to them, you only consulted with them when you needed them for a particular thing. But other than that, if everything was fine, etc., you, you wouldn't spend time, you wouldn't speak with them. Now, you would, that would be weird, wouldn't it? That would be strange. If in your household you didn't speak to your parents or you didn't speak to your spouse, unless something major came up and you're in the same household, that would be very strange. But yet, when it comes to God, that's what we do at times. It's only when something major comes up that we spend time, Lord, I need you in this situation. And then once it's solved, it's sorted out, then we go back to how we were. I remember there's a good friend of mine, I remember in, when I was in college, he had this, this situation came up that involved the police and and stuff like that. He was, he, he, was, he had a court, he had a trial coming up. And I remember him at the time, in fact, it was around the time I just started attending uh, this church. And he was saying to me, Mecca, you listen, if God gets me through this situation, I'm telling you that I will totally surrender everything to him. If God intervenes in this one. And I said, okay, yeah, amen. I pray that that's the case. Well, lo and behold, God did intervene because this guy really and truly should have spent a long time in prison because he was guilty for a few, he wasn't guilty for the whole situation that happened, but there were parts that he was definitely guilty. But to cut a long story short, he was let off, he was found not guilty, all the charges were dropped. It was, I think it was a Thursday or so that the, that the uh, result came through. That Sunday, did I see my friend in church? And meanwhile, he was my, my, my minicab at the time. Because we, I was living in Putney, um, we, we were in um, uh, Charlton at the time. This was like when we first started the church. So he, he was my, my lift to drive. He would pick me up and then we'd go all the way to Charlton from Putney, where, where I used to live before. That Sunday, he had to get the bus because he decided he wanted to celebrate his, his victory elsewhere. But see, God will always step in. Do we always respond to God in a way whereby we're showing to God our appreciation and our love for him through 
having a thirst and a hunger for the things of God. That's my question to you this morning. You know, I remember there was, um, I think Jean-Marc shared in a Bible study a few weeks ago, um, and he mentioned, he mentioned this fact that if, if we were just reliant spiritually in terms of our own hunger for God, we were reliant on just on coming on a Sunday to receive our you know, weekly uh, spiritual, whatever you want to call it, on a Sunday. And throughout the week, we didn't do anything else. We were just waiting on to receive this word on Sunday just to sustain us. And then we wait for the following Sunday to receive another word. That's not how God wants us to live. Now, it's brilliant that everybody, you guys online and those joining us here, that you're hearing this word. It, it, that you're here to, to hear the word of God. Excellent. But there is no way that God is saying to you, yes, so just come on Sunday and that's it. You don't have to worry about, you know, spending time with me. You don't have to worry about reading my word. You don't have to worry about, you know, uh, uh, you know, meditating on scripture or, you know, reading different things or watching, you know, videos that will minister to your spirit. Don't worry about that. Let's wait till next Sunday and, 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 and feed yourself again. God is not saying to do any of that. But sometimes that's what we do. No person today, if you ate your, your, your meal today, are you going to wait till next Sunday to eat again? All of you, you're chewing everything during the week. Let's be honest. You, you, you see. Because you need to anyway, because you, that's how you, your, 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 your body functions, and that's how you sustain yourself. But it's the same spiritually. You don't just wait on a Sunday to hear this word, to hear a word. But throughout the week, what you're doing is that you are allowing yourself to be fed spiritually. And by being fed in that way, what you are doing is that you are allowing yourself again to increase in that hunger and that thirst for God. There's a reliance. That's what thirst and hunger does. Because your body needs it. If you don't drink and if you don't eat, you will, you will die. In hospital, you've seen it. Physically, if a body can't function, people that have been in a coma or they've, um, let's say that their, their mouths are damaged, their neck is damaged because they can't physically drink or, uh, or, or, or eat. In hospital, they'll put you on a drip. So they intravenously put fluids in you so that your body can function. Because if they don't, you will die. And spiritually, it's the same. So if you do not at times force yourself, you know sometimes you're not even hungry. You don't even have an appetite, but you know you need to eat. It's the same spiritually. Whether you have an appetite or not, you know my body needs to receive food. Sometimes you're eating, sometimes you've been there. Well, you know, you have no appetite. Remember during the time when this COVID thing was happening? I had no appetite at all. I was just eating for the sake of eating. I hadn't even, I hadn't even no taste anyway. My taste disappeared. So I was just eating, just eating like I'm eating plastic. But I knew I had to eat because my body needed to receive nourishment. Otherwise, I'll be in trouble. Spiritually, it is exactly the same. And I'm saying it to encourage every single one of us. Whatever it is that you need to do to, 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 to sustain yourself spiritually, do it as a lifestyle. You may be, in a, you may be somebody that in the morning you, you know, I was speaking to, to different ones earlier on. Sometimes you may feel that there's a season that you wake up early to spend time with the Lord, to seek him. There may be a certain uh, uh, topic that God has placed on your heart to, to meditate on and to, uh, to feed and to research to help you receive strength. Some of you may, you may be lacking in, in faith. So spend time focusing on the, on the topic of faith so that God can speak to you and fill you with faith. For others, it could be fear. There's an issue when it comes to fear. 
that you haven't addressed. Maybe it's been there for years. God is saying to you in this season, take time out and spend time researching our words about fear. What does the Bible say about fear? What is the Lord saying to you about fear? He doesn't want you to live with that spirit of fear. But as we hunger and we thirst for him, that is when the Holy Spirit will do a work in us and allow us to now focus on the things that he is drawing our attention to so that as we address those particular things, there will be, in, be an increase in our hearts for our hunger and the thirst for the things of God. Amen? You know, there are many people in the Bible that as powerful as they seemed, they had many different issues. But one of the things that kept them is that they demonstrated having a hunger and a thirst for God. I'm saying that to say this. You don't have to have it all together in order for you to have this hunger for God. You don't have to be this super spiritual person, you know, uh, seem as though that you're somebody that, you know, that you have to be, I don't know, uh, have a, a certain model. Obviously, Jesus is our model. That's, that's who we look to. But we come to God with all our flaws. We come to God with all our, 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 our mishaps and what have you. And say, Lord, help me in my state to have a hunger and a thirst for you. People like Moses, all the powerful things that Moses did. Moses had an issue with self-esteem. The Bible said he was a stammerer. God spoke to him about using his voice. But he was doubting himself all the time, saying, God, how can you use me? I, I can't even speak properly. But even in that situation, God gave him, or he developed, shall I say, a hunger and a thirst for God. And God used him in a way that we know in Exodus. You have uh, 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 David, famous David and, 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 and Goliath. They, um, all the things that David did, in the book of Psalms, you can, you can read them. But in the Old Testament, you read the things that David did. But David, in all the powerful things that he did, David was an adulterer. He was a murderer. He killed, he killed as we know, many things that David did that many of us have never and would never do in our life. But yet because of the hunger that he had for God, even in the midst of, his, of the lowest times that he felt that he was in, God gave him that hunger. He developed that hunger. He developed that thirst. And that's what helped him to do and achieve the things that he did. Noah is another example in the Bible. We know about Noah, the ark that he, that he built, that helped to change the face of this earth. But Noah had a problem with drink. He struggled when it came to, to, to not drinking and being drunk. He was drunk on many occasions. But yet, Noah had a hunger and a thirst for God. Can you imagine being, being given an instruction by God, so detailed. You go and read, read the um, uh, book of uh, Genesis and the detail that was given about how to build the ark. Absolute detail, and he followed it to the T. But he had his struggles. He had his battles. He had his demons, as, as, as different ones would say. But he also had a hunger in the first for God. Let me read these scriptures. In each of these scriptures, there's a prophetic edge to these scriptures in terms of the hunger and the thirst that God wants us to have, but also just the direction that God wants to speak to us in. Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. It says, 
Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. That is a prophetic statement. If you hunger and you thirst for righteousness, not only are you blessed, but the Lord will fill you. What does that mean? See, there's a void that every single one of us has without the Lord. And even with the Lord, there are still voids that we have because we're still battling with our, uh, with our flesh. We're battling with our things that we brought into our salvation. When you get saved, everything doesn't just miraculously uh, become perfect. You get saved, the Lord is with you, but there are still issues that you need to address. But as you develop that hunger and thirst for the things of God, what happens is that those voids, those issues, as you develop that thirst and that hunger, they begin to be filled. Because the scripture says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. The Lord will fill those voids as you increase in the hunger and thirst for God. John chapter 4 verse 14. Says, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give to him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up. Now this is talking about the latter part into everlasting life. The fountain of water springing up is God's spirit dwelling and spilling up inside of you. Now see, the Holy Spirit that God has given to us, we are so privileged and blessed to have the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead reigning inside of us. But see, this is what happens, that when we hunger and thirst for the things of God, the Holy Spirit begins to stir in us, begins to do a work in us, begins to transform us from within. But it starts with us demonstrating a hunger and a thirst for the things of God. And I want to encourage each and every one of us here that as you are deliberate in spending time with the Lord and allowing the Lord to speak into your life, allowing the Lord to highlight things in your life that need to be addressed, the Holy Spirit will dwell up in you. He will rise up in you with living water. So do not, don't allow yourselves to be, can I put it? Don't allow yourselves to shy away when the Lord is trying to reveal things within your heart that need to be addressed. Even I'm not speaking right now, and I, I'm reminding myself that I mentioned about fear. For some of us, I know I believe fear has been an issue, and God is highlighting that, that for you to address it. You don't have to run away from it, but it's something that that you can bring before the Lord for you to address. And as you develop that hunger and that thirst for Him, the Lord will address that issue of fear. For others, there may be some weights that we've been carrying spiritually, some burdens that we've been carrying that we just can't shift again the Lord wants to minister to us because whatever burden that we have on our hearts as we give those burdens to God that's when God will minister to us John 6 verse 35 so Jesus said to them I am the bread of life he who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. Again, this is symbolic. 
This isn't talking about spiritual, um, natural hunger or natural thirst. But it's saying here that if you come to him, come to Jesus, that you will never hunger. If you believe in him, you will never thirst. He's saying here that you will not lack for anything because everything that you need in life flows through the Lord Jesus. But the only way that you can access those things is when you are in relationship with him. That is one that, that is, is centered on having a thirst and a hunger for the things of God. You know, the mistake that many, or the mistake that the world makes is that they run to the things. The world's chasing the, you know, the, the attention, the glamour. They're chasing the, 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 the promotion in this place and that place. Not to say that we shouldn't be chasing promotion in your job, I'm not saying that. But they are chasing these things as a priority. That is their main focus. They are chasing uh, 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 money as a priority. They are chasing being at the top of their profession as a priority. But with us, all of those things may be on the, the, on the agenda. But our priority should be that we are chasing God first. That we are chasing our relationship with Jesus first. And it's through that, as the scripture says, that all these other things will be, will be added onto it. Because as we hunger and thirst for him, he will ensure that there's that, that as it says in the scripture, who comes to me that you shall never hunger. In other words, you don't have to go anywhere else for the hunger to be fulfilled. You will never thirst. Because everything that we need is in him, is through him, and is by him. John chapter 7, verse 37 to 38. says on the last day that great day of the feast jesus stood and cried out saying again if anyone thirsts let him come to me and drink verse 38 he who believes in me the scriptures have said out of his heart will flow rivers of living water again this is very similar to the scripture that i read before demonstrating how the lord will minister to us as we spend our time reaching out to him and thirsting for him Isaiah 55, 1 and 2. Isaiah 55, 1 and 2. It says, everyone who thirsts comes to the waters. And you who have no money, come by and eat. Yes, come by wine and milk. Verse 2. Without money and without price. Verse 2. Why do you spend money for what is not bread? And your wages for what does not satisfy. Listen carefully to me and eat. I'm reading up the version I have. I think this is the NLT version. It says, come all, all, all who are thirsty. Come to the waters. And you have money. Come buy, eat. Come buy wine, milk without money, without cost. Why spend on money that is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? This is saying that if our focus on other things outside of God, those things will not satisfy you. As much time that you put into other things, as much energy as you put into things that you feel will help you to get to a certain place, the Lord is saying that without you focusing on, unless you put the Lord first, you focus on him, those things will not bring fulfillment. Only in Christ shall we receive and will we receive fulfillment as we look to him. 
my time is coming to an end, so I want to pray before I close. The final scripture I want to read is Psalm 61, 63, sorry, verse 1. It says, Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you. In a dry and weary, weary land where there is no water. I strongly believe that there are many of us here that the Lord is calling upon every single one of us, but some of us specifically, to really be deliberate in allowing ourselves to develop a hunger and a thirst for the things of God. Now, there may be some areas in our lives where, as I said before, there may be a lack. There may be areas in your life where you recognize that you, some areas that there's a hunger for the things of God and some areas that there aren't. My prayers, as I've, as, I sh- as I've been sharing this word, that the Holy Spirit has been highlighting to you areas of your life where you know and where you recognize and where the Lord is witnessing to you that there are areas where you need to surrender to him in order for you to grow in that hunger and in that thirst. Because as you do so, the Lord is, I feel the Lord is saying to you that he will transform your position. He will transform you from a position of of wanting other things to a position of knowing and recognizing that all the things that you're believing him for, that as you hunger and thirst for him, that the Lord is the one that will minister and meet every single need. So right now I want us to pray. Just you bow your heads and just uh, just pray with me as I pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you We thank you, Lord God, for this word this morning. Lord, I want to bring before you your children, those, Lord, who have been struggling in different areas in terms of their walk with you. Father, where there has been a lack of a desire for you and for your kingdom, where there has been almost a a, a mindset where we've taken for granted, how we should draw close to you. I pray for these ones, that Lord God, that by the power of your Holy Spirit, that you will cause us in our hearts to have an earnest desire and a hunger for you and for your kingdom. We pray that each and every one of us, oh God, will be filled by your spirit. We pray, oh God, that Lord, as you speak to us in our hearts, concerning the things in our hearts, Lord God, that we need to surrender to you, Help us, Lord God, to come with humility. Help us, Lord God, to come, oh God, with an open heart to receive from you this morning. Again, I remember those who are battling with fear, that, Lord, that you will deliver them, that you will set them free, that if they hunger and thirst for you, Lord God, I pray that every seed of fear be broken in their lives in the name of Jesus. So, Father, we thank you right now. Have your way, Lord God. Move on behalf of your people. And I pray, Lord God, that you will touch us with a strong hunger and a desire for you and your kingdom in the name of Jesus. So, Father, we give you praise and we thank you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.